Welcome to Remotely Creative. I'm Rob Flattery. I'm here with Kyla Pellucci, a multidisciplinary designer focused on branding and storytelling across digital media. She's currently a senior designer at HBO. Kyla, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your career journey and how you ended up at HBO. So um, after I graduated art school, I went to Rhode Island School of Design. Um, I got a job at World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE, for those familiar. Um, And I started out doing their print magazine, which quickly shifted into a digital magazine. But it was at a time where the print industry started to shift a lot. So I ended up bouncing around um, different magazines until I ended up in digital at HBO. So I've been with HBO for about five years now. Awesome. Do you, did you like wrestling? I mean, well, yeah, sure. I think like I had a good knowledge of wrestling because of my older brother and having to like grow up with it because of him. So I went in with like a good knowledge and, you know, a deep respect for the undertaker. So you can't go wrong with the undertaker right no you can't so that's all you need but i i learned a lot more about wrestling yeah Um, yeah more than you probably wanted to know yeah i know like so much about wrestling now well did did you see the wrestling match this weekend the pay-per-view where they did the extreme rules i didn't see it i didn't see extreme rules that's a good one though yeah well uh apparently it was an eye for an eye match so there was an eye removed Ooh, who was it? Uh, Ray Mysterio lost his eye. Oh no! I don't think it was real. I hate. To... I can't believe I can't believe Ray Mysterio's back. Yeah, I think his. I, I've been told his contract is up, so this is his way to get out of it. But I don't know that for sure. He's had a tumultuous run. Yeah, well, I remember him from when I watched wrestling when I was nineteen. He was still there, so and yeah, I'm he's... forty-two. So yeah, I mean, so he's classic. Exactly, exactly. But The Undertaker, that was a weird match. The His final match, which was a couple months ago, it was weird. Yeah, see, back when I was at WWE, Undertaker was, like, retired. But then he kept coming back. He's like Jay-Z. Yeah, that's what he has to. He has to keep coming back. He's The Undertaker. Yeah, I think he's retired officially now, but we'll see. So yep. did you always want to work in, like, film and TV? Um. I don't know, not necessarily. I think when I got out of school, I did have an interest in working um, in like developing design like for audiences. Like my whole degree project was about um, formulating audiences and trying to find things that relate to uh, different groups of people. And it just so happened that when I started working at HBO, I could kind of like actually do that. I think that's probably why I liked magazines because they catered to um, certain lifestyle brands. Mm-hmm. I like WWE because you got to, you know, work, you got to work for like a full, like a fanatical audience um, that you were able to understand what they wanted and what they needed from the brand. And you also had like the range of wrestlers, which are their own individual brands. So I liked having that that variety. So I think like working for HBO, you get that with the range of programming that they offer. Nice. And so are you working, I know right now during COVID, you're 
maybe in Rhode Island, which we don't need to talk about. But yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in my parents' basement. It's you cool. Do you like? Tell me on a scale of one to I wish I was from somewhere else. Do you like Rhode Island? Are you Rhode Islander? Yeah, you know, Rhode Island isn't isn't that bad in comparison. Like Rhode Island's actually really beautiful. And I think that if it had, you know, art jobs or a thriving market for what I do, perhaps I would still be here. But unfortunately, I haven't been able to find that. But okay. I like Rhode Island. It's chill. Can you explain coffee milk? Coffee milk coffee milk is like a Rhode Island staple. So it's coffee syrup, but like the best brand is Autocrat. I think they're like, it's Autocrat's like in Pawtucket in Rhode Island. And um, yeah, you put it in your milk. It's like a coffee, it's, they call it a milkshake on the, like, you know, on the car, but it's really just, you know, coffee syrup and some nice cold milk. Have you My dad looked, drank like so many cups of it in the past week. Oh yeah, have you looked yeah. at the ingredients on the on the back? No, I like don't want to know. Cause coffee is like the sixteenth one down on the <laughs> list. <laughs> sugar, sugar is number one. Like yeah, it's like corn syrup. Yeah, exactly. So coloring. All I know about Rhode Island is there's coffee milk and then Dell's lemon. Dell's lemonade. Yeah, those are the but two like, things. But like a real deep cut is Mr. Lemon, which is like almost a competitor to Dell's, but they're two very different types of frozen lemonade. Okay. All right. That's well, just like a good, good knowledge to have if you ever visit. Yeah. I, I've been to like 46 states and Rhode Island is one that I've never been to. So <laughs> it's nice. It's nice in the summer. The flyover state. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. So, all right, you're in Rhode Island right now, but your home base is New York, right? It is. Yeah. I um, have been living in Brooklyn for about the past seven years, I think. So are you still paying rent right now? No, I, I decided to come back to Rhode Island, save some money because rent is very expensive. I also didn't really love my last apartment. So it was a good excuse to break the lease and spend some time with my parents. Nice. I see that. I see more and more people who are in the New York area have been doing that during, during COVID. Um, I'm wondering if when it's all over and you go back, if rent's going to be really cheap. Yeah, I've started to look um, some place. It's, it's, rent has gotten lower, but I don't, I, I don't think it's getting like, you know, affordably low. <laughs> Well, my vote is you should go live in Sunnyside, Queens, off the 7 train. That's where it's at. Don't go to Brooklyn. Yeah, I actually hear great things about it, so I'm open to other neighborhoods. A good friend of mine lived in Queens for 10 years, so I become very affectionate for Queens, and then he moved to Brooklyn, and he got a girlfriend, and I was like, ooh, Brooklyn. So, <laughs> Isn't there uh, a show about Sunnyside, Queens? I'm pretty uh, certain there is. I don't know what network, though. It's not HBO. It's not HBO. <laughs> well, the the guys from Entourage were from Queens, which is an oh, HBO there you show. Go. And I'm a huge Entourage fan. Yeah, so. Entourage is the best. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta stick through that first season. The first season's a little rough, but it's only six episodes, so you get over it. And I'm a huge Aquaman fan and he played Aquaman, so why not? So you're at HBO. Um You've worked on a lot of different shows and projects. Do you have a favorite? 
Uh, that's hard. I think I've worked on so many. Uh, Insecure is like my main show that I work on, um, that I've been working on since I've been there. So I've worked on like three seasons of Insecure. So I really enjoy that one. Um, I feel like I have a lot of creative freedom, but I also feel like everybody who works on the show is really like on the same wavelength with each other because it's a show that values like a cool aesthetic and everybody just like wants to make great stuff for it. So it's, it's one of my favorites for that reason and the group of people that I get to work on it with. Uh, Game of Thrones, I feel like everyone kind of touches and everybody kind of expects me to say like Game of Thrones too. Like, like Game of Thrones, like, all right, I miss it. I was going to say RIP. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm trying, I'm working on one right now that I'm really pumped for. It's called The Third Day and it stars Jude Law. And then another recent one that I've had a great time working on um, is called We're Here which is about uh, three drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race who go around America. Uh, it's kind of like a, I would, I would almost call it a docu-series, but- like a buddy comedy. Great. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it, it's just, I, it's, it, I thought it was a very impactful show, but that one was fun to create for just because of the color and glitter that I was allowed to work with. <laughs> glitter it up, right? Yeah, who doesn't love some glitter? Till you try to vacuum. That's the only time you don't like glitter. Yeah, but you know, digital, <laughs> digital glitter is a lot more fun. It's a lot easier to clean up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I have only seen 15 minutes of uh, the first episode of Game of Thrones. So really, I'm, I am one of, I couldn't get into it. I don't You're know. 1%. I mean, I think once you start to like a character and then they die is when you are actually like in it. All right. It, it took me a while to get through Breaking Bad as well. Okay. Um, like I tried to watch the first season maybe like three or four times over the years and then <clears throat> couldn't get in, get, couldn't get in past that first episode for some reason. And then it became, you know, probably the best show ever made in my opinion. Um, but it took me a while to get into it. So maybe yeah. I'll give Game of Thrones another chance. Yeah, Breaking Bad was hard for me, but then once I was in it, I was just having anxiety attacks every episode. Yep, totally. And it's so well made for binge watching as opposed to weekly watching. Right. So, is Game of Thrones like that? Do you need to binge it or can you watch weekly? It's hard to binge it. When I started at HBO, I had never seen it. And I think it was in, I want to say the fifth season. So I binged probably five seasons of Game of Thrones within like the first maybe month, month or two that I started. And my roommate at the time actually got angry at me because I would just like, I was so depressed every single day because it was so dark and it was like kind of fall and she wanted to go out and party. I was like, I can't, I gotta, I gotta finish Game of Thrones. I have to know what happens. Did you stab her uh, with a sword? Maybe that's why she got I was upset. like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, this, she's like, you need to stop watching this. It's like really like affecting your mood. I was like, everyone's dying. <laughs> so, but I, I, I mean, if you want to do it, I would do it. My, uh, my, my boyfriend did it just to um, catch up to the latest season. And I think he enjoyed it. I didn't hear from him for days. So I know. I, I think that's, that's the plan. I'm going to take a vacation. 
my parents bought a boat, so I'm just going to steal their boat and just take it out into the ocean and then just sit there and watch Game of Thrones on the ocean by myself. Yeah, be careful. Yeah, that could be a bad, bad move. <laughs> we'll see. So uh, with all your work, you kind of fuse the idea between storytelling and design. How do you go about that? I think it's really based on knowing your audience and who you're creating the work for. Uh, I think I don't, not even to really give a specific example, I think you just want to create things that like really relate to the audience you're working for and they kind of become a piece of the story itself. Um, I did something recently for HBO's High Maintenance where we um, had to create work for the premiere event of the latest season and we um, did a coloring book, which was um, art directed by one of my coworkers. So myself and another illustrator on the team just went in it. But like, we also gave it a lot of thought and we really took our time to like watch as many episodes as possible, really know who we were catering to. And we also wanted to like treat New York as a character within the show and kind of like give that to the fans to experience. Um, but I think like even in my personal work, I try to just kind of, which usually ends up just being personal narratives and personal stories. I try to like create them to appeal to other people. Like if, if someone can like see a phrase and connect to it, it starts to create a story for them. If that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about what your design process looks like from ideation. Where do you go? Um, I think like with my personal work and with my professional work, they can be relatively different. Uh, for my professional work, when I'm working on a particular show, I spend a lot of time researching. Like I spend so much time researching. I don't use Pinterest. I know that a lot of people do, but it just hasn't like really worked for me personally because uh, my final product is social media. I spend most of my time on social media finding references. Um, so if a certain show is coming out, we have a whole strategy team that kind of um, puts together a document showing like what shows are similar to it. So I research all of those and all the marketing materials that have been created for those shows. And I try to um, kind of just like ideate what I think is going to work for like for the audience. So half of it is like based on like factual information. And I think the other half is just me kind of putting things out there and seeing what resonates with the wider team and just kind of like what I think is going to work in accordance with like what we're kind of creating together. Uh, for my personal work, a lot of it is lettering and illustration. And I think they're just based on mundane experiences, whether it's from listening to like music or like sitting on my parents' lawn furniture. I'll just like have a moment where I'm just like, I think that this is going to be fun to draw out for somebody. Nice. <laughs> and uh, I just kind of take it from there. I've been really into using the iPad lately for my illustrations. Are you using Procreate or? Yeah, I'm using Procreate. I've actually, I've turned back to the sketchbook because I think I like the immediacy of my sketchbook because I can just like get my idea out there. Whereas uh, the iPad, it's, it's different. It's like you can make mistakes. 
books and you can, you know, start in, like start a new page and do that over and over again. Undo is always there. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of like sketching my ideas out now and then I just usually take a photo of them and then upload it to the iPad to finish it out. Nice. So obviously COVID um, has made you relocate. Has has COVID-19 impacted your work in other ways? Yeah, definitely. It definitely has. Um, at the beginning, I was in New York for a couple of, for about, yeah, about two months. And I was really hopeful at the beginning. Like I was pretty pumped about it. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to be at home. I'm going to set my, I'm going to set a nice routine for myself. My cat's going to love this. And, you know, I, I started to create these good habits and I was constantly like making something, whether it was for work or just for like my Instagram stories. Um, but then I slowly started to like burn out a little bit. Also, working full time, which I'm lucky to be working full time at like at this point in time, um, caused me to like kind of like overwork as well because I think a lot of people had a tough time creating personal boundaries with their workplace because they were always available and at their computer. I know that I did. That like comes from like personal experience, but I think um, every, it was it was a time of transition for everybody. Now that all of that has passed, it's like started to settle a little bit, but there are times where I feel like insanely creative. And then there are times where I just don't want to do anything at all. And I think um, because of that, like in these inactive moments, I've been drawing less. I haven't really been doing much of my personal work. I'm just trying to freelance and do as much like design work as possible. Like I'm taking on as much freelance to the point where I'm like overwhelming myself with it. And then I have to take a step back and kind of tell myself like, there's time to, you can relax. It's okay to relax. Well, good luck. Let me know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been like, when I am relaxed, I'm more creative. So oh, I good. just need, yeah, I think I just need to allow myself to chill out every now and then. Yeah. Um, so obviously you know, pandemic, and then we've had a huge call for social activism. Do you think that um, designers can rise to the occasion and, um, and help with that? Yeah, totally. I mean, if you want to, I think everybody, you know, has their kind of like capacity for these things. Um, so if you're passionate about helping out and speaking out, about everything that's been going on lately you should I think that as artists and as designers that has always been our place in history like from the beginning of time even to the point of like propaganda where like designers were hired to create propaganda posters or else they were going to be like you know murdered. imprisoned <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly so um, you can say murdered it's okay. murdered <laughs> yeah so I think that that's, I think the power, I, design's powerful. So if you have the means and you can create something like go ahead and do it. But you know, if it's, if it's not your thing, then I wouldn't do it if you're not informed. Like I even kind of question myself sometimes where it's like, I want to be involved and I want to create things for everything that's going on right now. But I know that I have to be informed about it and I need to have the right sources in order to create 
a lot of things that are going out. But I've been like, I'm loving everything that people have been making in terms of like resources shared on Instagram. And it's been like, like so many, so much good typography lately. So I've been saving like everything to my save tab. Nice. Oh, so you use the save tab in Instagram? That's All your, the time. That's your new Pinterest? Yeah, basically. That's what my wife does. And then when I get when she gets home, she shares it to the Apple TV. So it goes on my TV. And then we watch six hours of cat videos. Oh. And dog <laughs> that's videos amazing. And people doing weird stuff. So yeah, it's fun for me. That's and awesome. she gets upset that I don't have the same reaction that she did. <laughs> Sorry. So that's a nice way to share. Yeah, no, it's actually, it's really cool uh, because otherwise she just sends them in, in messages and I never check them. And then she just right. gets mad at me. So she she's just like, forces you to sit down and. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't time. know what that little thing means up there. I just ignore it. Ignore it. I'm sure. I thought it was someone trying to sell me something. I don't know. Right. Shows my age. <laughs> um, so when you got out of school, you got the job at WWE and then you got to HBO do you have any advice for um, designers out there who want want a career similar to yours? Yeah, I'm. Well, yeah, I do. Um, when I actually, I should say, start by saying that when I got out of school, I literally like did not know what to do, and my friends convinced me to go to Europe with them for three months. So I did that first. I took my time and I did that first because I had never left the country before. Okay. I never had a passport and I like just really wanted to see see the world and kind of like see what Europe was like. So I'm glad I did that. But the whole entire time I had extremely supportive parents who were bothering me like nonstop <laughs> even while I was in Europe to like start sending my portfolio out. Uh, and so I was with I was traveling with um two of my friends from school and we were looking for jobs while we were traveling through Europe. So we were constantly kind of working on our portfolio. So I definitely recommend like getting your work in a good place. I made at the time when this was cool, I made printed booklets of my work that I would bring to interviews because I was going into print. It made, it made sense. I don't, if somebody were to bring me a beautifully printed book of their design work, even now I'd be like, wow, I would totally consider you for a job. Like, absolutely. I, I recommend that. Leave behind something if you can. It's so nice. Yeah. I, and like, even when I go to portfolio reviews with college students and they give me something of theirs, like I remember them. I always remember them. Um, so, and I always did that um, when I was a student as well. Even at my internships, I'd like letterpress thank you cards and like nice. hand them out to everybody. So I think, yeah, definitely like leave a lasting impression on all of your interviews. Um, present your work in a really strong way because you know some portfolios can start to look identical after a while to some employers so like try to find ways to stand out and be unique it's difficult but it's not that difficult when like you really you know know yourself well um i targeted uh brands that i knew that i could work well in so like i think when I got out of school, I was like, I just want to create work that like a 15 year old boy would like, even if the person taking in the work isn't a 15 year old boy. It's just this like particular punky aesthetic that I really wanted to go after. Um, that, you know, is of course genderless, but um, 
I started to go for brands like that, like a bunch of skateboarding brands, WWE, and um, applied to everything. I cold called people because my like old school Italian father was just, like, just call them up. Just call them? Just call them. Maybe they'll want you to like sweep the floors. You know, you just want it in some way. Uh, that <laughs> did awesome. not work when you're calling like, you know, prestigious branding agencies and you're like, so um, do you have a position open for like, you know, a junior designer or an intern? They're like, oh, we're like a three person team and we don't really do that. But thank you. <laughs> you know, you never dad know. Knows best. Dad knows best. Yeah, you never know. Um, and I think like, I guess throughout my whole professional career, it's always been about networking. Like I've definitely gotten all of my jobs because of people I've known or had like, you know, some weird like third party connection to, to like help get my resume noticed. Um, I definitely have people messaging me on LinkedIn pretty often saying like, Hey, do you happen to know this person? Like, would it be okay if I, if you could like recommend me for this position and I'll do it sometimes as long as, long as like, you know, I, I, I guess if I know this person or I take the time to get to look at their work and kind of create a dialogue. Um, but I think like your connection is important, especially when you're coming from art school, you get to know mm -hmm. who your alumni are and see where your alumni, you know, are working. It goes really far. Yeah. Did you reach out to your, like, do you, uh, RISD have a, I assume, or like a career and alumni department? Yes, but I'm not like so involved with it as I, you know, as, as I would like to be. I found the WWE job on the RISD job board. So that was okay. great. Um, my other jobs, I did not. It was just a matter of like job hunting and talking to people. Um, and a lot of a lot of recommendations um but i actually got back in touch with um RISD alumni uh, this past year RISD careers i think is what they're called um to do portfolio reviews with RISD students nice so they have a whole like department really working for students and it's great so, yeah i anytime you can you know give feedback to students i think that's amazing especially as a working designer you can, you know, tell them. It's also good to not hear from your instructors because we get, students get the same feedback over and over and over again. And it's, it's good to have an outside source. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's good. To, I think like most art schools are always really good about like supporting their students after graduation in terms of like helping with career placement. So I think that's another piece of advice if you're graduating is to kind of, is to I wish I did a better job of staying connected with those services. I think they could have like benefited me even more. Yeah, I know RIMCAD has a great career and alumni um, department and we always encourage students to get to know um, that department before they graduate and not after they graduate, so. Yeah, I know, it takes a lot. I mean like coming from somebody who was so like uh, stubborn about certain things like that, it's, you know, it's important. That Being stubborn is part of life though. You gotta, yeah. you gotta go through those, those hoops. So right now, what's your favorite TV show? Um, I'm actually watching I May Destroy You and it's pretty like, it gets pretty, it's, it's heavy, but it's so good. So I'm really into that right now. Um, I actually like 
some things on Netflix. I was about to say, are we allowed to go off HBO? I don't know. <laughs> but HBO-wise, Love Euphoria, Love I May Destroy You, um, and uh, Perry Mason's pretty freaking good too, and I really love The Outsider. So that's all my, those are my HBO things that I've enjoyed, and all the docs. Um, but I love Ozark on, Net, on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, love Ozark. So that's Jason really Bateman. Jason Bateman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I binged that pretty heavy this summer, but other than that, I really haven't been watching a lot of TV during quarantine. I'm not sure why. Well, HBO Max came out. So I know um, HBO. Oh yeah. Legendary on HBO Max. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of our programming because I kind of have to. Uh, they have uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air on there. Yeah, HBO and, Max has a lot of good stuff. I I binge watched Fresh Prince of Bel Air because that came out when I was in high school, and I watched I think probably the first season when I was in high school, and then just as a teenager, when you can drive, you just don't watch TV anymore. I really think that was a thing. Yeah, and so I just started watching it over the you know when HBO Max came out. And man, that was a progressive show. Really? Was, yeah, I would yeah. like to get a rewatch. You should definitely, and, and they've got a lot of jokes that it, you missed as a child, but now as an I'm adult. I'm going to do it. Like, Thank you for that. I'm yeah, going to do that No, now. it's really good. And it's, I, I think it was actually really good um, with all, you know, everything that's going on in the world to kind of watch that and see like how things really haven't changed or have changed and, and mm -hmm. just kind of where everything is because that came out in the 90s so i would definitely recommend binge watching that and there's it's a sitcom so it's like 22 minutes so you can yeah that's cool it's 16 16 episodes in an hour and then they've yeah. got a weird fast and the furious like i think every fast and the furious is on something there yeah those are wild i'm like not so into that franchise but like love the branding they've kept it consistent I think the first one was, you know, it was a decent movie and they it knew what they, where they were as far as like, we like cars and there happens to be a guy who was a cop and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, they just blah. keep going with that. And then now, like a couple years ago, a friend of mine and I went and saw, I don't know, seven or eight. In, okay, it was in a movie theater in LA that basically they gave you pods that you lay down in. And they serve you food and alcohol. It's called the IPix. I don't know if you know cool. IPix. I mean, that's what can be dangerous too, and like so relaxing. Yeah, it was like eleven o'clock at night, and so I fell asleep, and then I woke up, and I believe Vin Diesel pulled a train out of the. There was like a train on ice, and he like threw. I don't know. Maybe it was the Rock. It was one of them. It was weird. One of them with, with superhuman strength yeah so i don't know it gets weird but that's okay <laughs> so i but i do appreciate that i can go and watch that i think after five it got really into weird territory but enough also about fast HBO, and the furious <laughs> also on hbo max so like if you like anime we have like studio ghibli too so there's like and everything like on cartoon network so i'm pumped about those things except the venture brothers isn't on there oh really no that bummed me out. I wonder who they're owned by. Yeah, it's just a guy. I think like, it's just a guy. Yeah. Uh, but it does have the new Scooby-Doo movie on there. Cool. Scoob. Have you watched that? <laughs> I haven't, not yet. Well, I Gotta tried to. List. I Well, I didn't get very far because um, the first 30 seconds is 
California Love by Tupac and Dr. Dre. Okay. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't, I don't know what is going on in the world. And I just had to turn it off. Oh, that's good to know. That's where I was with my life. <laughs> so outside Aren't of treating you well. Well, I, I thought, you know, I could relive the Scooby-Doo life. I, I loved Scooby-Doo when I was a kid, like a little kid. And then now it's Tupac and Dr. Dre. And I just didn't know how to feel about it. And I had to just cry in the corner. So, um, funny. yeah. So outside of um, your design, your hand lettering, what, what, do you, what do you do with your life? What are your, your pastimes besides Ooh. watching HBO Max, which we've already discussed? Yeah, my pastimes. I yeah, my pastimes are tough because like I feel like I spend all of my pastime like working and doing design things. I just enjoy design so much that I like spend 80% of my time immersed in it. Uh, but I do, I love traveling. I travel often. Um, and I, I just like kind of like going places, checking out the architecture. I don't really travel for beaches. I travel more for history. Nice. Oh, that's something I enjoy doing. Now that I'm back in Rhode Island, I've just been enjoying kind of the nature that's here, the beaches, um, spending time helping my dad garden. And like, because, you know, in Rhode Island, you can have a garden. You can't have gardens in Brooklyn for the most part. You can have community gardens, but like community having a garden. garden. Yeah. Having gardens in your backyard is like next level. So I've been having a great time with that lately, and I would like to bring that into my everyday life, maybe in the future. You just put a garden inside your apartment. You could. You could do that. I don't know. There's probably a law against that. There, or... there are ways. Yeah. I had a friend who grew kale in his bedroom back in the day. I remember when kale was just something, a garnish. So yeah. I, I don't know. We've come so far in the kale world. We have. <laughs> So such a variety. Awesome. So hand lettering, you you really like hand lettering. Where do you think, um, why do you think it's become so popular in uh, recent years? Um, I think it's like, I think the reason why um, industry likes to use hand lettering is to be more humanistic. So perhaps it's popular because um, it's like innately relatable. Perhaps I think people, people like hand, like even when I did hand lettering in high school in my sketchbooks, people just liked it and gravitated towards it because, you know, it wasn't, I think like the less clean it is, the more likable it becomes too. Mm -hmm. like the less perfect, like the more imperfect it is, the more it resonates with people. Um, but I think that's probably why it's so popular is because of its like humanistic quality. Nice. I've got a book, uh, a hand lettering book sitting next to me, House Industries. Are you familiar with House Industries? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's sitting on the floor next to me. It shouldn't be on the floor. It should probably be on a shelf or being read, but it's on the floor and that's okay. Um, what, who, who do you look up to? What designers do you look up to? I mean, like, there are so, like, lately I've stopped kind of... Um, idolizing famous designers and it's just I've, I've started to enjoy so much work by all these like contemporary designers especially across social media mm -hmm. people who are my age or people who are younger than me back in the day my like favorite designer ever was uh Stefan Sagmeister obviously like <laughs> he's a badass yep. absolute badass 
so he's like I still follow him on Instagram because he just like critiques people's work on his mm-hmm. Instagram like that's what his Instagram is now so like I love to see what he says about people's work but yeah I love Sagmeister because he like carved letters into his body and has done a plethora of like, he made an intern do that yeah that's wild how, I mean, how I awesome totally, is that yeah it's cool he's the best so I really like him. Um, I really admire Paula Shear a lot at Pentagram as like a female designer, but not even as a female designer, just as a straight up designer. Like she's a boss. Yeah. Yeah. So I love her work. Um, I mean, she's basically designed New York. Um, but those are probably like my main go-tos, I'd say. Um, I, I love the classics too, like Paul Rand and um, Saul Bass is, has always been someone who was really influential to me, especially with like can lettering and his illustration. Um, yeah, off the top of my head. No, that's, that's good. Pop of. quiz. It was a quiz. <laughs> yeah. You passed. Cool. Um, all right. Here's a weird question for you. If you could only use one Adobe program for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, Photoshop. Photoshop. All right. That's good. I've asked that question exactly once and I've got Photoshop is winning. So yeah, I feel like you can do almost everything in Photoshop. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say illustrator, but I like, I I was, you know, that was my second one, but like, I was thinking like you can make shapes in, in Photoshop. Sure. (laughs) I'm going to go off the cuff and I'm going to say Adobe bridge because really who uses that? No, I know. Honestly, like when people are like, oh, you should, when I get shamed for not using bridge, I come back and I'm like, but really? Like it takes up so much memory on your machine. I can just use my finder window. It's fine. Like I understand for photography, it's probably better because you're going in and making selects and, and doing all of that. But it's, that's not really my wheelhouse, but, and I'll do it when I have to, but I'm all about using Finder because I'm a little lazy and I rather not have my computer crash because I've burnt out my memory on other applications. <laughs> I, I just say I've been doing it this way for 25 years. Why am I going to change? I'm glad that I'm not <laughs> the only one because <laughs> I feel I, I have been shamed like time and time again for it. I think they just changed the icon on bridge in the little Adobe window. It like popped up. It's like black and white now. I was like, oh, maybe it's just dying and going away. Yeah, and it'll just cool. get rid of it. So awesome. Um, you want to shout out your Instagram, your website, anything so people can find you? Yeah, sure. So like my main Instagram account is Kpalu, which is K-P-A-O-L-U. And then I also have um, an illustrator account, which is my name, but with like a lot of repetitive letters. So it's two K's, four Y's, and L-A. So K-K-Y-Y-Y-Y-L-A. Yeah. Awesome. And then all my stuff is there. So awesome. I'll, I get a little bit more uh, like political and with the times on my main account and then my illustrator account is just a lot of like sketches and experiments. Awesome. Well, Kyla, it's been great talking to you. I appreciate you being on the show. Yeah. Thank you. This is awesome. I appreciate you uh, 
interviewing me and talking to me. Yeah, totally. Well, I hope quarantine treats you well since it's apparently not going anywhere. I don't know. <laughs> Seems like the world can't follow directions, but whatever. We're not going to go there. I hope you explore more of HBO Max, find some more, uh, you know, totally. throwbacks. I, I, yeah, what Friends is on there. I've never been a Friends fan, so yeah, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll watch it, but I doubt it. So I like it. I, 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 that's what worries me. <laughs> that I might like it. So I don't know if I need to go down that road. So anyway, thank you so much. And uh, I hope to talk to you soon. Sure thing. Thanks. Bye. Thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode. Remember, you can find links and images from today's guest on our website, remcad.edu forward slash remotely creative. And don't forget to submit your questions for us by emailing remotelycreative at remcad.edu. That's R-M-C-A-D dot E-D-U. Make sure to subscribe to Remotely Creative wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Special thanks to our team here, Gretchen Marie Schaefer, Chris Daly, Mel Kern, Josh Smith, and Madeline Austin for making today's episode possible. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other.